Welcome to our Friday Five Live podcast hosted by Meg Foster. Meg has spent 20 years in higher education focused on student success initiatives and working in areas such as orientation, faculty development, online learning, student leadership, and first-year initiatives. Good morning, everyone. For those of you who are not on the East Coast, and good afternoon for all of those of you who are on the East Coast, we are so excited um, to have Alina um, hates with us today, Heights with us today, um, who is um, going to share with us um, a lot of really important information, I feel like, about this idea of self-care. Um, we had a fantastic conversation, gosh, I guess six weeks or so ago, um, and it really helped me to remind myself about the importance of making sure if I, if I don't take care of myself, I can't turn around then um, and take care of the students that I'm working with. Um, we're really focusing this month um, in June uh, with our, our two Friday Five Lives on this idea of staff um, renewal. Um, we I recognize very strongly that um, our, our higher ed student services, student affairs, student facing folks um, have really done so much this year. Um, and I know when I see the faces of my colleagues, I can um, who have worked so very hard, I can just really feel and see the exhaustion in their faces. Um, and so we want to spend some time this month, not only kind of giving a place where we can honor that, hey, you, you all, if we could, you know, give everybody high fives and um, paid vacations to a beautiful tropical destination, we would certainly do so. Um, but since we can't do that, um, how can we make sure that our, our staff um, are being supported to um, take care of themselves. Um, next, our next Friday Five Live um, in June 25th, um, we're going to talk about that transition back to campus. Um, Alina, I'll be curious, you know, if you're back um, on campus, we won't return um, at Piedmont until August. So, um, you know, lots of, lots of transition going on um, for our faculty and staff. Um, so I just want to hold this place in the month of June to really say, okay, what can we do to take care of ourselves, kind of take that deep breath um, as we shift our sights then on um, the fall semester, which I hate to say we'll be here before we know it, right? right. <laughs> so we're lucky to have Alina, and let me introduce us to Alina, our speaker today. Um, in, you are at Malloy College, um, and Alina serves as the Associate Director um, in the Center for Professional Studies, where, um, from my understanding, you're really working with adult students largely, um, doing kind of academic advising roles, lots of different roles. Um, but you really come with this background, which I think is so ter terrific and fascinating. I mean, admissions work, which that's my, my foundation in higher education was admissions work. I feel like we always... Um, seek out those, those same, same souls who've had that experience, um, but also doing a lot of training um, in the areas of leadership um, studies, uh, mindful leadership and strategic communication. So you're, you're really wearing a lot of different hats um, in the work that you do. Um, Alina is also a published author, um, uh, on, uh, has published a book on daily reflections titled I Am, um, and she's also a mom and a wife. So lots of roles um, and, and lots of wonderful resources to share with us. So Alina, just thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. And I think it's so great how you're dedicating a month to really, I think you said re, um, re, 
refreshing or you know recreating or resting or you know self-care mm -hmm. i think it's great that you're really dedicating a month and i'm really happy to be here to talk about this important topic well and as always um in our friday five live format i've got you know four or five questions i get the easy job i ask the questions <laughs> and alina um, is gracious enough to share all of her knowledge with us um, but i do want to remind folks if you have questions for alina please feel free um, just use the chat functionality just make sure um, you're say uh, posing that to all panelists and attendees so we can all see um, your questions and we'll weave those in. Alina, you don't have to worry about that. My job is to uh, weave in those conversations and questions um, into our discussion today. So, you know, kind of to, to kick us off, um, as I've mentioned, you know, you advise adult learners, but then you also have this amazing experience with providing professional development. And I know some of your early work at Malloy was really around how are we going to um, provide professional development for our faculty and staff. What are you kind of hearing in your conversations as you're working with students? Uh, we just wrapped up the spring semester and your colleagues around this idea of self-care. Yeah, so I work with, you know, students that are, most of them are working already or they're, you know, they're, they are working post their master's degree. So they're looking at professional studies as options, you know, so they're balancing, they may not be like the traditional, I don't even know is traditional anymore, right? But the traditional undergraduate student that, so the students I work with are adult learners and when you're an adult, as we all know, because we're adults on here, that we have other responsibilities. So above, you know, above, um, in addition to the pandemic that, you know, we have some of us are parents, some of us are caregivers, mm -hmm. not to say that a traditional student wouldn't be either of those things, but we do find that adult learners, adults have many roles, as you mentioned, my roles, we have many different roles that we play. And then to become a student again, or to study again becomes another role or another responsibility. So the biggest challenge that I'm finding is that people are not only stressed out, I hear the word balance constantly, they're not putting themselves first, the priorities of self care is really not number one. And you know, I, I posted today on LinkedIn, health, not just physical health, but our mental health is a priority, has to be number one. And I know you'll, you'll ask other questions about that later, but the number one thing that I'm hearing is the sense of balance and stress with yeah. all the responsibilities, especially, you know, with the remote working, so many of us are still working remotely. There's also that, um, that, that vagueness and that, um, you know, scheduling and the different responsibilities that adult learners, they do have that maybe more so than a younger learner or, or a traditional learner. So the balance, the idea of balance is really a, and when we're not balanced, it affects everything. It affects our relationships, the way we respond to students on the phone, the way we show up at a Zoom meeting, right? So, you know, right, it affects everything, you know, so it's very, I find that even in my other professional talking to colleagues, because I did work in human resources for years, so I know a lot of the population at the college that so were the employees. Employees are having the same issues that a lot of the adult learners are having because we have similar um, responsibilities and roles. Right, right. Um, I just love this this reminder to us that it's normal, you know, we're, if we're out of balance, that then that impacts all of the ways that we respond to 
um, one another. And, and we've spent a lot of, I think, important time in our conversations this year around, you know, how are we um, care, caring for ourselves and just acknowledging that what we're doing, you know, is hard. I feel like sometimes there's this, oh, you just got to put your head down and get it done. Well, <laughs> yes, sure. Right. Right. But if we don't ever address the elephant in the room that, wow, this is, this doesn't feel good. This isn't, you know, I don't feel balanced. Um, I, I think that's not healthy for us. Um, if we're not. Yeah. And I mean, look, some people will have the argument and say, well, is there ever really a balance? I think that mm -hmm. everyone has their own personal, um, let's say, declaration of what their balance is. So, you know, a parent that's going back to school that works, that has maybe an elderly parent or four children or, you know, is going to have a different what balance looks looks like for them. It may be a lot different than the recent graduate who is focused mostly on school and working only. And just balance looks differently for different people. And sometimes we will have lack of balance. And then it's just finding that we're never going to be totally, right. it, it, you know, sometimes careers becomes more of a priority. Sometimes the family in that day and sometimes each day has its own sense of what balance is. You know, some my my Mondays, I don't know about you, my Mondays, I know what to expect. I have adult students that email me all weekend. So my Mondays, right? My, I think we all can really, my Mondays are really structured, really need to be intensely focused on my work during those times. Like really, like by Friday today, um, a lot of those troubleshooting issues, advising issues, any kind of a lot of that has been resolved. So Fridays may be a different type of balancing mm -hmm. act with my day with work. That's so, and Keisha has reminded us that, that well said um, is, is her comment that one size doesn't fit all. Because um, sometimes I think we, we, you know, look around and we're like, well, my colleague over there seems to be, you know, they got it all figured out. What's wrong with me? Um, you know, and, and to remind ourselves, well, their situation, my situation, right? Um, and also, I, I just want to share to that, that sometimes we look at other people and they seem like they have their situation under control, but we really don't know what's really happening, what's really going on over there. So it's good to just keep the focus on ourselves. I, I think we've seen that so much this year, um, you know, with, with the fact that we live in, in this world now where we're on Zooms or Teams or whatever, right? So I can carefully curate for you what you are seeing in my background, what I look like, right? And I'm reminded of this image of a, uh, it was a woman who has like a PhD in science and she was presenting on CNN and her husband took a picture of her and she's got on a blazer, she's sitting on a toddler chair, like <laughs> it is like she's wearing like biker shorts, right? And they have two preschoolers and there is like mess and chaos all around her, except for like the 12 inches that she is occupying in this room on the toddler chair, like, you know, and, and she looks great from, you know, approximately the rib cage up kind of thing. Um, and, and so I think that's, that's important that we remember that, um, you know, yes, we've been invited into people's homes this year in a way that we never probably would have been, um, but, but we're seeing sometimes a carefully curated um, uh, Absolutely. image. Right. right. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
you know, I think that kind of is, is a nice transition into this, you know, this kind of next question and conversation topic about, you know, you really spoke with me, I thought so eloquently, and I had, I, I can't believe I'd never thought about it like this, about the ethics of self-care. Um, and I would really, if, you know, would love to have you kind of elaborate on that for our audience, because I think it's such an important concept that I had never verbalized or used those words um, like you have. Thank you. So I can't take total credit for that because um, I was speaking to a respiratory conference. Um, one of our faculty members at the college um, was um, I have a, colleague, a colleague of mine and we were talking about mindfulness and we were just talking about um, how important self-care and mindfulness is. And we were speaking and, he's, and he said, you know, it's really an ethical situation. And he's like in the handbook for healthcare professionals, part of their, eth like they have like a, they, we don't have this exactly in higher ed, but um, you know, if you're a healthcare professional, you, you vow to follow right. certain rules, right? I mean, we have policies, procedures, but they, you know, they're healthcare professionals, they're dealing with people's lives. And part of their vow is to practice ethics. And part of that when they talk about ethics is practicing self-care. So when we, now that's a buzzword. We hear a lot of self-care and, you know, mindfulness. Now, when I talk about self-care, I'm not talking about go getting a haircut or getting, you know, getting your facial or even though those are great things that we do for ourselves, you know, to pamper ourselves and make us feel good um, or make, help us feel good. When I'm talking about self-care, I'm talking about we cannot, um, pour into somebody else's cup, right? So I have a cup. If it's empty, I just can't pour any liquid into your cup because I don't have anything to give. So it's that whole, you know, every, we have spoken about this in the past about, you know, you're on the airplane, the oxygen mask, you know, we have to put ours on first. I always think about it like a cup. So I have this nice tea cup and I would love to give you some tea, but I just haven't drink. I haven't even poured myself any tea. So how can I, or if you like coffee, right? How can I give you anything if I don't have, if I'm not working on that myself and um, like feeling empty, right? I mean, I, I think I just saw somebody was uh, chat, put in the chat, you know, pouring from an, we can't pour from something that's empty. And so the ethics means is that if I'm going to be a, in this case, it was healthcare practitioner, but really in any profession, and especially working with students that might be, you know, really, I mean, we're not in the ER here, but we, you know, this is affecting their livelihood, this can be affecting their careers and their trajectory. So some of them come in a panic. And if we're not taking care of ourselves, we can come off edgy. I mean, we're human. So we might, you know, but we can come off short, we can come off like, you know, you're not um, showing empathy or compassion, um, maybe rush rushing a student off the mm. phone or off Zoom. So if we're not really practicing self-care, we might find ourselves not practicing to the best of our version, right? To the, the best version we can be for the students. And I think students also pick up on, you know, we're human beings. We can pick up on the energy of the person if they're feeling like they're not really being heard right? right because when we're practicing self-care and we're mindful and we're in the we're focusing on our self-care and we're prioritizing our health we 
we have we give space for other people. We're able to really listen to other people and have patience for them and also really listen to what their issues are without just trying to get to the next email or trying to get to the next call or student advisement appointment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the ethics is really taking care of myself is like the ethical thing to do. Right. Right. And that's so, because I think about the work that we've done. I mean, always, right. I mean, I've worked, you and I have worked in student services now for well over a decade. I think I'm a little, little, I have a few more years, but um, a few more gray hair as a result of it. And, And we've always poured that energy into our students, but this year it has been, I, I have never been so exhausted by the work that I've done with students before. I mean, just emotionally drained from the support that they needed. And, and, and you want, I mean, I, I needed to give that, I wanted to be there for my students. Um, and I found at my house, then what would happen is I had nothing left to pour into my own kids um, who were here because, you know, there were all these other students who needed me. Um, and it took a semester really to figure out that balance that I could create some, some okay barriers, right? That I could give this much to my students because I also had to make sure I had some to give. Um, And involving our partners in that conversation, involving our coworkers in in these conversations. Um, So when I think about the ethics of self-care, I'm also thinking about um, the student services professionals I work with, we give so much that it's okay to say to our colleagues, I have given this, I, I need some support over here. Um, I need to figure out some other ways to do things because, you know, I, I love that. Um, I, one of the things I love from this year is that I feel like we've really broken down the barriers of eight to five. That has always driven me crazy. I work in a community college. My students need me at seven o'clock at night. They don't need me at two o'clock in the afternoon. Um, so I love the flexibility that we're seeing in scheduling, but then how do you create those? I can't be available to you at midnight because I have to sleep, right? Like, <laughs> and as you have said, like my students spend all weekend emailing me, right? Yes. Um, and making sure that we're saying, okay, I will be there for you, but I need to make sure Sunday is going to be my day with my family um, yes. and, and what, whatever that is. And, and Tashika's chatted in as well about maintaining boundaries are a huge mm. piece of self-care. And I don't know, I, I just think about all the wonderful people I work with, right? And myself. Um, and I am so guilty of being like, oh, well, I can give you just one more thing. I can give you just one more thing. Yes. And it's, you know, the, the um, as far as the boundaries or setting up, I like to say the word I heard from a, a, a colleague of mine. Maybe we use the word partnership with our schedule. You know, because it has a positive connotation. I, you know, you know, boundaries sometimes is like, I need my boundaries, right? But partnership with our schedule, partnership with our cell phone, right? With our screen time, with our priorities, um, what we, you know, what we add into our day, what we eliminate from our day. Having, you know, when I think of, um, you know, this pandemic and working remotely for so many months, right? We never really thought it was going to be this long. Right. Well, we we really never thought it would be this long. Mm -hmm. And when I think about how easy it's to have vagueness at home and when meaning 
you said you can answer emails at seven because that's when the students may need us, right? Or, uh, uh, but at the same time, and at the same time, I need me. So having that, okay, you know, prioritizing and also knowing that, okay, you know, at certain times of the day, I'm going to need to really shut down from my jet, my work, even though the computer is in the, you know, next door to the kitchen, you know, or whatever, I need to take a break. I need that time for myself. Maybe I need to go outside and just get some fresh air for five minutes. You know, I have a kindergartner and they take, they call it brain breaks, you know, and it's really funny, right? Brain break. I, I think about, you know, and I say to him sometimes screen break, we need these breaks and, you know, not because we're trying to be lazy or we're not trying to be productive. Actually, on the contrary, when we take breaks, we can be much more focused and productive. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and that is something, you know, as we think about this work that we're in, I don't know about you, but um, one of the, as, I, as I've taught career studies in my, my, um, my time in higher ed, I, I was struck by the fact that I work at a college because I like the fact I can get up and move around. Does that make, like, you know, yes. oh, I have to go over to your office. Yes. I have to go to the next <laughs> building or whatever it is. I like that. Um, and so I think we've discovered now as we work from home, there's that you're right, these brain breaks. And I, I love that we do that at our school as well. Um, and just a little plug, Peloton has, if anybody uses the Peloton app, they actually have family workouts and they have five minute brain breaks. Um, and our daughter and I, my, our second grader, we have loved doing that together this year. You know, she'll be like, all right, I'm on a break. And then that's a great opportunity for me to step away because when you're at home, it's much harder, I think, to create oh. that, those natural breaks that we would find. Um, when we're in the office. So oh, I really Or love you it. could get caught up in, oh, I have dishes in the sink. I'm going to use my lunch time to go do those. Not to say not do your dishes, but, you know, we need, we really do need that time, you know, right. to, to unwind, to separate, to refresh, right. revive, revive ourselves, right? Right, right. Oh, I love this. And I love that. I, I really appreciate your term of partnership versus boundary, because you're right, there is that kind of negative connotation with a boundary, but if I'm going to create a partnership with my phone, um, and I would love to have people, if you have things that you do, um, you know, feel free to chat in um, things that you're finding work for you. I know many of us turn off notifications, for example, um, on apps, you know, yes. certain times, right? So that way, it's okay that I'm not getting notified that my students are emailing me at midnight, um, right. because, you know, it will be there in the morning. Um, and, and it will be okay. And, yes. and they can the response. Then. I had a colleague of mine say to me, you know, we don't work in a hospital. She said, you know, she's like, we're pushing at the time it was before we were only, you know, on the computers, basically, she's like, we're just pushing paper around. She's like, I'm not saying that it's not important, but no one's coming into my office bleeding because they right. cut their hand, so, you know, and they're, you know, not to say that things aren't important, but we can take a pause. We can be, be collective in our field and we can really be mindful about how we take the next action. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know if doctors and nurses and healthcare professionals, you know, can do, always do that, right? Because they have, so we are fortunate in that we can, 
of course there's things that come up but right we're not no one's bleeding in in the uh the academic affairs uh, lobby, right? Unless, you know, about their schedule, right? So I think. <laughs> and if you are doing first aid work, good for you. Yes, um, absolutely. I do have a colleague who delivered a baby one time in a bathroom, but oh wow, um, we hope that that's not our daily or, right. you know, that should be just a once in a lifetime. It's thing not in the job description, services. right? <laughs> all other tasks assigned, right? That's right. That how we, we lump it together. And what a, a great transition into this idea of functional mindfulness that you've um, really put out there, which I just, I, I can't wait to know more about this. So like this is where I need to be. It's interesting. A lot of times when people hear the word mindfulness, if they're not really educated on it or they're not practicing, they, they see this yogi, you know, on mm -hmm. their desk meditating and namaste and, you know, there's nothing, and I'm not pity, I'm not saying anything negative about that. I adore that those practices. I think they're important. I'm a big believer in practices like yoga and meditation. When I think about mindfulness, my take on it is like more practical and for the everyday activity. So simple. I, I try to think of simple ways to be mindful. You know, I um, think about a 1% adjustment. You know, sometimes it's just turning off when I'm walking to, um, let's say you're a walker in the city or if you're um, driving, maybe I'm not listening to the news. Maybe I put on some calm music or nothing. And I'm just really taking in and being mindful of my, like the observer, right, of my drive. Because how many times have we been on autopilot and just drive somewhere or walk somewhere and don't even know how we got to that destination? Mm -hmm. So when I think about practical or functional mindfulness, it's really simple tasks like having a cup of coffee or tea. Obviously, I like coffee because I keep bringing it up, right? <laughs> So it's like really enjoying that. Yes, just really enjoying that cup and being using our senses and really being like, wow, this tastes so, so good. I smell the coffee or the tea. It, it's warm. It makes me feel this way. And, you know, being curious. That's what it's about. It's about being aware, being curious and non-judgmental of our in, in our actions in our day and really focusing on that present moment. And when we focus on that present moment, which is easier said than done, it's also meeting ourselves where we where we are, right? So being, if, if we practice something every day, we'll get better at it. So learning that it's a practice. But when I talk about practical, practical mindfulness, I really, I really want the everyday person to know that you do not need to go to meditation class to be mindful. You do, I mean, those things are great, but you do, you can take five minutes, set a reminder at three o'clock on your phone to say a couple affirmations or a mantra or whatever works for you, or just take a sip of water, go outside and breathe in the fresh air with no distractions, not bringing your cell phone with you outside. If you take a walk, maybe take a walk with, you know, with your, without your cell phone for 10 minutes, you know, we can do that. You know, we don't need to be connected all the time, right. you know? So I think when I talk about practice, practical mindfulness, it's like simple everyday adjustments that are not going to overwhelm us. It's not, it's going to be easy to implement 
because we're willing to make changes in our life. And it does small changes, you know, really do compile into something bigger. So it's just those like 1% changes that they talk about. Micro changes. <laughs> Micro changes. Yes. I love that. And I, you know, I, as, um, as a parent and just as a, as myself, um, as a mom, as, as a worker, I'm, I'm a, I am one of those people who it's like, well, I have to do it the right way. Right. And so the idea that to just say, okay, this is, I don't have to take a complicated class. I do not have to get certified in something. What is something simple, right, that I can add to my life that that provides this value and this chance for um, renewal and refreshment in my day? Um, And I'm wondering, I would love to hear from folks, you know, we've we have spent this year in in that has altered our lives so greatly. And we're having a lot of conversations at our house. Um, I have an eighth grader, a sixth grader, and a second grader about what is it that we want to bring into next year, right? What are things that we've done this year that we want to hold on to? Um, and there's some things we want to get rid of. And, and what about our pre-pandemic life? What are the things that we're like, you know, that really didn't add any value into yes. my life. I can think about all the rushing around Yes, Um, you know, that I used to do in my mobile office called the Honda Odyssey minivan. Um, And and one of the things that my eighth grader said is that she really values the fact we get to take a daily walk together. Mm. And it's just our time together. It's 20 minutes, maybe, you know, extensive, but we get to just be present um, for one another. Well, I mean, the pandemic has definitely put perspective on our values, Mm -hmm. what's important slowing down. I mean, we were literally forced to slow down. You know, I'm, you know, that's, you know, it's funny. I, I do say this because I mentioned I have a kindergartner and he's, he's very fast paced and he likes to move quickly and sometimes too quickly. Mm -hmm. So I say the slow and steady wins the right, slow and steady, right? Wins the race. And he's like, well, how does, how does, how does slow and steady, how do you win if you're going slow? And right, like he's asked that question and I'm wearing my turtle on purpose for that reason, because Mm. sometimes we don't realize how fast we're moving. And even with students, I mean, I do this sometimes, I must say the same thing over and over because it's, you know, it's information that they don't know that I know very well. And sometimes we go through it very, we could go rush and go through very quickly. And remember this person, has never heard this information before. So it's like, take a deep breath, let's pause for a second, mm-hmm. get perspective and you know, slow down a little bit and um, have a little calmness, right? Have a little presence in what we do. And I love that you, you know, go for a walk with your family. You know, that's, those are precious memories and moments mm-hmm. and maybe a practice that you mentioned your daughter will continue to do. You know, um, it's not just about, you know, going and doing, you know, we are human beings, not human doings, right? So we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be in the moment and focusing not on what happened, you know, yesterday and all the things we have to do in the future. I mean, those things are important, but really focusing on the moment. And even when we go for those walks, Sometimes it's just really important to really like, especially with children, listening, 
that active listening and really, you know, showing that, giving that space Mm -hmm. for them to share, you know, and even with students, sometimes, you know, you work in student services, sometimes students, you know, they come in, they have a lot of things going on, and sometimes they need that space to really, you know, we're not, I'm not saying I'm a therapist or any of that, but sometimes they need to really explain what happened that brought them to my office or what the, that they need my help, you know, so. Right. Absolutely. And those listening skills are, it's probably some of the, the most important work we do is, is being present and listening for our students um, and really hearing them. And I think, you know, you mentioned this idea of focus and that we're, I love this, that we're human beings, not human doings. I'm going to, I'm going to hold on to that one. I can see that that one's going to come back um, (laughs) a lot. Um, And, and you've written this book about meditations and affirmations. And I, I feel like we, we do still struggle with focus, right? Um, I, I think so much of what I'm reading is about focus. I can see this at my house. You know, as you know, we have done th- the whole year online learning. Um, and we, we're kind of a little concerned about the second grader. Can she sit and focus um, on, on for, for extended periods of time? And, but any recommendations you have in your practice with, with this concept of focus? Because um, I feel like this year, while we have certainly had the opportunity to step back and be I feel like we've also had a year that's been very disruptive um, to focus. Absolutely. And focus was, is my word for the year, actually. I, I had a word for the year. And when I break up the word focus, I, you know, and maybe, still, you know, those of you who are on the call right now, you know, when I think of the word focus, I think of finding our center utilizing self-awareness. So I'm going to say it a little slower. So it's an acronym. Finding our center, utilizing self-awareness first. So the first, the, what that really means is that in order to find focus, we must be self-aware first mm-hmm. because there's no way to focus. Like I can tell, you know, everyone about creating routines and having a schedule and setting reminders, but if we're not internally self-aware and focused, meaning working on the inside out, those schedules and routines will never go into activity because we're not self-aware and in, in that moment of feeling like we can do those activities. So it really is an inside or an inner calm that it starts with that. And then... And schedules and routines will help us. It's like they, it's, it, it's a reciprocal relationship. Mm-hmm. So when you ask me about, you know, some recommendations, you know, I, I speak, you know, I speak to students and I speak to adults and I speak to other colleagues about these things. The, my, it, to keep it really simple, having a daily practice, I call it like a DP every day. And that daily practice can be gratitude. That daily practice can be um, setting reminders to breathe or practice meditation, or the practice could be being mind- taking a mindful walk with your children. Um, it's really about a practice and a routine. Those things are really going to help feed into more of a mindfulness, calm state. But the self-awareness, finding our center, right, finding our center 
and then utilizing our self-awareness is going to help. If we're not self-aware, then we can't, I mean, this is my opinion that if, if I'm not self-aware and I don't really know that I'm rushing, like I can't, if I don't know I'm rushing around or I'm a zombie getting to work because I don't even know how I got to work, I don't even know if I took the highway or the side roads, if I'm not even aware of that, then I can't become more mindful because I'm not even aware. So it, mm -hmm. the self-awareness is the first step. But once we are aware, setting those routines, having a daily practice, incorporating, um, you know, you mentioned eliminating, right? Eliminating activities that really aren't serving what I, what aligns with my values. So, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it's, you know, I call it shelving, you know, where you put something that's taking up a lot of, you know, energy in your mind or in your thoughts and saying, you know what, I'm not going to think about this. I'm not saying this with workload or so supervisors get upset with me. I mean, more personal, but, you know, I'm going to think about this topic in 30 days. I'm going to put it on the shelf. Mm -hmm. This topic is going to get revisited in 30 days. We want to be as, as clear as we can be and not have anxiety over all the things on our to-do list. One practice that I'll recommend that everyone could start today, right? Very simple. When something comes to your mind, write it down on paper, not in your phone. Get Have a little pad, mini pad, write it down. It literally like clears. So if I have, I need to go return something. I need to go to the, I need to call mm -hmm. that student, I, anything. And just, it's like some people call it like dumping. I call it like release, like releasing it out of my brain and it, it really helps. It really helps with having a sense of calm and feeling more mm -hmm. focused. Oh, I love that. Um, and, and as, as you all know, I take copious notes, and this is, <laughs> you know, um, I, I wander the house. Everybody knows, you know, don't touch mommy's legal pad because it's, <laughs> it's the place where all the thoughts go. Um, so that's important. Uh, we had a great question um, that came in about, and, and I mean, Karen Watts could be in my brain at the moment with this question, thoughts on guilt perfectionism in view of the whole idea of shelving these things. And in our house, we put them in a drawer. You know, you open the metaphorical yes. drawer, you put it in the drawer and you close the drawer and then you're done with it for right then. And you can reopen the drawer, but for right now, we just but I like the idea of a shelf. Well, somebody mentioned, you said guilt. They mm -hmm. said guilt. guilt and um, so as far as, um, did you want me to comment on the guilt? Oh, okay. Or no. both of them. Okay, both, um, so, sure. So Karen has so I could, guilt perfectionism. So, yeah. so guilt comes from just a little bit about guilt because I definitely have really looked into this. <laughs> um, guilt comes from, we think we should be doing something specific. So I have a dog, I should be walking the dog, right? So I should, I should be walking my dog, I should be walking my dog, and I'm not doing it. So now I feel guilty. So it's about expectations. And it's about um, what we think we should be doing. And that's very much connected to perfectionism, because perfectionism is a myth, right? It doesn't exist. No one is perfect. Even those people that think they're perfect, they're not perfect. It's totally unrealistic. We all are perfectly imperfect, right? We all have these amazing attributes and ways about us that make us different. That's what makes the world go round. 
and it's all about expectations. I'm not saying to have low expectations. I'm saying if we're striving for perfection, I think it's great that you have goals and you want to, but we're always going to be upset if we think we're going to be perfect and that's what we're striving for. So, and that connects to guilt. I really should have called those a thousand students yesterday because that's how many you know and i didn't do that and i really should be doing that because i'm perfect and i need to be the best so a lot of that's like inner work that um but it's really interesting because they're very much tied together so i really appreciate that um comment that question comment and, and vernon has chatted in um that he is very much enjoying john gordon's um positive leadership book series um, and, and feels like there's a lot of parallels between that work and the conversation that we're having today. So um, recommend that to folks. Um, I've dipped my toe a little bit um, in John Gordon's work and, and great tie-in um, today. Kalita's yes. reminded us that some of us, uh, we just have a perfect Patty syndrome. <laughs> Poor Patty. Poor Patty. <laughs> But it's, it's good to keep the sense of humor. We believe very strongly here in a sense of humor um, to, to keep us um, yes, moving forward. Absolutely. Um, and staying positive. Well, in our last kind of four minutes or so, five minutes or so, you've put together some wonderful recommendations for us that I've, and I've, you know, you've seen my notes. Any kind of other thoughts about, you know, how we can support students and staff and their, their mental health? Um, things that you want us to consider as we start to turn that focus towards the fall. I know I'm not quite ready mentally to do that yet, um, but I know I'm going to need to do it here in another month or so. The first thought I have is that we are all in this together, but we all experience this differently. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it's really important for us to be aware of that, that some people are going to be a little bit more comfortable with going back, you know, I'm, you know, going back on campus and different people are going to have different comfort levels and some anxieties. And really, as we all go on to campus or we all go back into those meetings and those board board meetings and these things is to meet ourselves where we are, you know, number one, to like give ourselves a little break and say, okay, we went, got, we've gotten through this pandemic, thank goodness, right? But also to give that, you know, mindfulness, you know, when we're mindful, we can have empathy for other people and really giving other people space if they need it, students, if, you know, if that's some having, I think this pandemic has really created a sense of, it has accentuated our sense of humanity, how mm. we really, as human beings, c- connecting with each other is so important, but we're all at different levels of how we connect, especially when there's tragedy, crisis, grief, anxiety, depression, all these things that people are experiencing. We just don't know what's happening in somebody else's backyard, right? So it's like really having, giving space to other people to really let them have their journey because it's especially, you know, new students that are coming onto campus, um, new employees that maybe have been working with the college or the university for six months, but never really worked on campus. That's a big one, you know? And I I know we all probably no folks, or maybe we are the person who, um, I had my partner transition jobs in the middle of all of this, right? And he's, he's never actually met any of those people um, in real life. So 
Yes, I'm thinking also a lot about our students who, um, you know, are, are sophomores who are coming back to a campus. Maybe they've actually never really spent very much time on um, yes. at this point. And and, re and and remembering that we're going to need to be conscious of that, that we, this is not an, a normal sophomore class experience. Yes. This is going to be um, a very unique one. Um, so I love this advice that um, giving ourselves, being being gracious, giving ourselves grace. Yes, um, gracious and, space. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then being mindful um, so we can be empathetic for others. And when we are empathetic for others and we allow them, allow others, we're really also giving it to ourselves as well. Mm -hmm. So that's really important. Well, Alina, this has been just uh, a, such a fantastic conversation. When I am with you, I, I feel just so renewed and refreshed for the work that I, I'm like, okay. Oh, thank it's you. Your deep, deep breath. So um, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking about this. So I appreciate you know the opportunity to share with, with everyone. Um, and thank you to our listening audience today. Um, just as a reminder, we're going to bundle this up and we'll share it um, with you all. And if you have colleagues who weren't able to be with us today, you can find this on um, all of the podcast channels um, as of Monday. Um, we will be talking June 25th about making that transition to campus. I'm very anxious for that conversation since I'll be needing to do that um, in about six weeks time. Um, and we've also put out a podcast, this is Pride Month. Um, and so we had great conversation this week um, with Quincy Jenkins. Um, at Chattanooga State Community College um, about how we can support our LGBTQ plus students, staff, um, and colleagues. So um, encourage you to listen to that one as well. Quincy had some wonderful ideas and, and Alina, much like what you've talked about, it just, those conversations really blend together in my mind because Quincy really approaches leadership from a place of kindness. Um, and that just so speaks to, I think, the conversation that we've had today. So, I love that. Oh, he was, he was amazing, the two of you. <laughs> be a dynamic duo so thank you well thank you all so much everyone have a wonderful weekend may you find time for rest um, and renewal this weekend and thank you so much take care friday five live is brought to you by innovative educators innovative educators offer six online services for your onboarding support and training needs Visit us at innovativeeducators.org to see how we can support your student success initiatives.